Welcome to the top three podcasts for entrepreneurs, your place to get the very best tips, tricks, and tactics from today's most successful entrepreneurs. Here's your host, Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the top three podcast for entrepreneurs. And I am Stephanie Burns, founder of Chic CEO. And today I have with me Kelsey Ramsden. Kelsey has been named Canada's number one female entrepreneur of the year two years running. She's a West Coast gal who doubles as an East Coast business powerhouse. Named in one of the top 12 North American growth entrepreneurs by EY and in the top 200 global women entrepreneurs by Dell, she also sits on the Richard Branson Center for Entrepreneurship as a mentor. Her mission is to inspire other entrepreneurs to recognize the unique brilliance they have to contribute to their own lives and the lives of the people they serve. And her methods combine brass tacks thinking with proven strategies that she's learned over the years of building multi-million dollar businesses, helping to take you from the slumps of mediocrity to a fist pumping hell yeah. And today we're going to talk to her about her top three ways to start a barefoot boardroom business. Hey, Kelsey, how are you? Hi, I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We gave everyone a little bit of background on you and your, your professional uh, bio here, but can you give us a, a bit more background on your journey, how you got started, and how you got to where you are today and what you're working on? Yeah, sure. So really, you know, I am like the underdog makes good kind of story. I barely graduated high school, had to negotiate my way into my undergrad. Um, and then I wound up working construction for my family's construction business. We're always involved in construction. And then um, through a Hail Mary at Canada's number one MBA school and applied to every other one, including the worst, of which I got into none of them except for the best. I didn't even get into the worst one, but got accepted by the best one, which is a whole other story in and of itself. But um, And then I did what most MBAs do. I went consulting, knowing full well that I it wasn't really the right thing for me. But, um, you know, that's what everyone does. So I did that and then hated my life every day. And then finally got the courage up to um, shake off the corporate and go and do my own thing, at which point I started my construction business. So um, essentially, if it has to do with moving the earth, I do that. And that's what I did for about five years, building that up. We do about $50 million a year in that business. And um, I had three children, uh, they're eight and under now, and then I had a battle with cancer and at that point I decided to do a pivot. And um, as a result of winning some awards and different opportunities coming up, now I'm basically a global speaker. I travel around the world talking about entrepreneurship and um, run some master classes and coaching and try and help people see that uh, you know you don't have to be brilliant or really all that clever, it just mostly takes... So a little bit of insight and knowledge, you know, and, and a whole lot of hard work. So that's what I'm about. Wow. That's a very eclectic background. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I won't say it's been boring. It's been a bit crazy, but I like it that way. You know, I like adventure. It doesn't sound boring at all. So we that's your, that's your professional background. Can you give us a, a surprising secret about you so that we can get to know Kelsey a little bit better? Sure. I mean, I think... I, I was captain of my high school rugby team, so I played a lot of sports and traditionally like men's sports. Um, I was voted my class clown when I graduated high school, um, and I basically I live for live music festivals. Like if there's a three day festival, I am probably at it. So I, I look like everybody else who you know in my normal gear, rocking out to some tunes. Um, 
And I own the first car that I ever bought and paid for in cash. And it is a 1993 Honda Civic Del Sol in like apple green, which some of my friends called the snot rocket. You still have it? I still have it. I can't sell. Actually, I just listed it for sale like two days ago, and I don't know that I'm actually gonna sell it. Oh, I don't. God. I don't know what to do with it, but I can't really give it away. I don't blame you. My, uh, I had a really cool Uncle Max growing up. He was my my super cool uncle. That he had a little Del Sol, and he used to take the top off and drive me around super fast and blare all the music <laughs> because my parents would never do that. So he always took me around. <laughs> well, I got Del Sol. I got the sense I should sell it when I was cruising along feeling pretty awesome not long ago and you know hair in the wind and all that stuff tunes rocking and some boys like pulled up beside me and kind of were cruising me and then at the stoplight this kid looks over and he goes oh my god that's someone's mother and then they throw off I thought okay the reign of terror is over I am officially too old for this car <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing oh I it, love that it worked good when I was in my 20s yeah heck yeah not so much Right. Oh, that's so fun. So fun. So I also like to ask our guests one of their success quotes, something that they that drives their day, drives their business and kind of helps them keep moving forward. What quote do you live by? So really, like I've got two. So one and this is one that came from my mom reading me bedtime stories and uh, it comes from a book called uh, The Little Engine That Could by Waddy Piper. And it's just I think I can. I think I can. I think I can. And so if ever I'm kind of, you know, in a moment of thinking, okay, then that's my little mantra. And then the other one is um, that people often miss opportunity because it's dressed in overalls and looks like hard work. And that's from Thomas Edison. And so from all my years spent in construction, I think that's very true. You know, the least sexy industries often drive the greatest uh, bottom line results. And so, you know, when I'm when I'm on the cover of a magazine, it looks very different than what I look like sitting here right now, you know. And so I think that's the thing that a lot of people see about success are those like those cover story moments, and they don't see you know the overalls and all the hard work that went in a long time before that, you know. And so people can get discouraged because it's a long road, um, but that all that stuff is just airbrushing, right? Right. Yeah. Very good. Very good tip. So tell us what you mean. We're gonna get into our top three tips. For creating a barefoot bedroom business, or wow, wow. Well, we could do that too, but that's that's, a completely different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) A barefoot boardroom business. (laughs) But we, um, can you explain to us what you mean by a barefoot boardroom business? Yeah. So what this really means is that, like, in order for our businesses and brands to be exceptional. They have to be an exception to the rule, right? The rules of convention. That's what we all think we should do or that person we should be to fit in, the copycat brand. So when we strip all that away, we find that each of us is seeking more, that like that truly authentic life where we do our work and our home and it's all integrous, it's the same, um, and that we don't put on our work skin to head to our office. What we find when we go barefoot, you know, people are drawn to authenticity. And by right of this exceptional in you is highlighted, you know, that creates the exception. And then your audience is captured because they're aligned with what that exception is. Um, and so, you know, I liken it to when I used to go into boardrooms in my construction life, I'd wear these, you know, huge power heels. And, um, and a lot of that was a play, you know, it was like that fake it till you make it stuff, which I don't really believe in uh, because ultimately I was just there to perform. 
And when I stopped wearing those heels and stopped kind of the, the external performance of what I should do and just started showing up with my authentic self, people took me, you know, straightforward. They took me for my weight and my goals and, and, um, and, my, and it was more so what I delivered that stuck with them. And that's when, you know, every single opportunity I've had in my life, it's been when I've shed all the other kind of BS and focused on my own kind of barefoot self. And that's what's got me, I mean, that's what got me into MBA school, actually. Um, you know, my admission, my application was on the top of the no pile and I met the woman who let me in and she said, I walked in, I saw this thing, it was crazy, had this like molecular diagram on the front and I couldn't help but read it. And I said to them, I, you know, if someone doesn't take their spot, let this girl in, I think she could do something interesting. Um, so that, you know, so that's what I mean about the barefoot boardroom. It's, it's, there's this kind of this culture of, of, um, of the boardroom. And I think whether you're an entrepreneur or you work in corporate, there's, there's a whole nother level where you actually connect to people. And that's where we all know where the real work gets done is when you build those relationships on trust, right? Absolutely. So are you, you're basically saying being authentic and genuine with who you are so that you build the best business for you? Yeah, I mean, if if now is to kind of go into the three tips, I think that that lines right up with that. I mean, the first thing for me is know your story and tell it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have to know what it is about you that matters to other people. And I think oftentimes we focus on what matters to us about our story. I mean, I can tell you a lot of stories about myself that matter to me, but no one cares about that. What they care about is what matters to them. And I think that's the piece where you have to you have to recognize that part of your story that can be um, empathetically connecting. Right. Right. And you're, so that just, that perfectly leads us into the first tip. You say, know why you're doing the business, then promptly put that notion aside and focus on why your customers will pay for it. That's right. So tell me what you mean by that. Yeah. I mean, I can, so I can talk about my business consulting business. So I do it because I like to see change. I'm a huge fan of change. And I like people to succeed, and I'm a big fan of money. So, you know, you put all those things together, and I like doing that work. But that doesn't matter to someone else. What matters to them is, you know, did they make enough to take their kids to Disneyland? Or, um, you know, are they, are they finally getting out of that corporate job that they hate and transitioning to their own business? And so it's really about taking the story that I can tell around, you know, whether it was my consulting experience and hating every day, and explaining that in a way where someone who is in that position today, you know, going into their cubicle can understand it, that, that's what matters. You know, it's telling in the story from the other, from the perspective of your client and what it is that they're interested in hearing. Um, the, I, I forget who said this, but I, I often think this too when I'm writing that work and doing those sales is, um, you know, tell them what they need, sorry, tell them what they want and give them what they need. And so sometimes, you know, when I was in that headspace, I'm thinking, I just need out of this job. Um, it's about giving them a way out. But then what they need is the how, you know. So, so it's, again, it's just about turning your story around, recognizing that empathetic connection point. Where, where are we both just a couple of humans on this earth? Right. You know? Right. Exactly. I, it's so interesting because I kind of had this conversation with somebody not too long ago. Um, they were talking about this business they want to build and, I want to do this and I want to do that and I want to do this and I I said I'm going to repeat back to you what I heard and all it was was I want and you have n- you have yet to say what your customer wants. 
Mm -hmm. And that was a, you know, her eyes got huge. And I said, you got to focus on what they want. And I think, so I think this tip is, is, is amazing. Perfect. Because it seems like, it it seems intuitive, but it's really not. People don't think that way. No, a lot of people go about it, what's in it for them. And that really kind of, that's what comes out of it. What's in it for you. But but to get anything to come out of it, you have to focus on what's in it for them first. Mm-hmm. You know, I always think about it like if you went on a date and you sat down with a guy and he sat down and he was like, well, I like, you know, six foot ten blondes who blah, 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 and do this and that. I'd be like, that's nice. How about what you can do for me? Because I'm interested in nice guys who, you know, do this and that. And I think it's the same with selling anything. It's not about what you want. You know, it's about what you can give. Yeah, exactly. So your second tip is check your ego at the door and recognize how insignificant you are. Stop trying to be ready and focus on being nimble. So explain this to us. Yeah, so this is really about this kind of concept of never ready, set, go. Um, And I think a lot of us spend a lot of time fact-finding and, you know, trying to be um, an expert or be recognized as something um, when really, you know, what sticks is good work. So I come with like, that was a lovely bio you read, and I come with like a list of accolades before my name. But before that all happened, I just came with my name. And even today, you won't see MBA on my business card because I believe that the work that I do should stand up for itself. And, um, and, the, and the most successful entrepreneurs that I've met around the world or that, any, you know, that I read about, people who've passed away even, they, they really weren't focused on you know, their title. Um, they were just focused on doing good work and clearly articulating their expectations uh, and surrounding themselves with the people who meet them you know, mm-hmm. and saying, you know, here, here's what's great about me, here's what's bad about me. I'm, you know, if you send me an email that's longer than three paragraphs, you've lost me. Mm. Uh, and that's just a fact. And so, um, but it's about being that truthful about, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't know everything there is to know. If I did, uh, I probably wouldn't be here. I'd be 95 and just about dead, you know. So, um, I, but I think too many people let their ego get in the way of opportunity. You know, sometimes you have to take a step down to get two steps up. And um, I've, I've, I'm fortunate that I've always been open to the fact that sometimes, you know, someone else has to take the shining light so I can get the experience. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So your third tip is build relationships on truth and trust. And these are real, these are the real transactions of every business. Oh, I like that. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, I mean, I think um, that any transaction, whether it's, you know, if I'm going to buy something online, the first thing I'm like, do I trust this merchant, you know? If I'm going to recommend someone for a job, do I trust that that recommendation is good? And um, and the only way that you build trust is through truth. And I think that, um, you know, kind of the old spin marketing has seen its time. I think, it, you know, it had its day and, and it had its place. But I think what's emerging now, and and to a great extent, the brands that you see exceeding, are those um, that are truthful, and that build trust, and that um, although that's a delicate business to get into, because when you build trust, you can lose it hmm. very quickly. So you have to maintain the integrity of your brand and your and and yourself or whatever, however it is that your business is um, positioned in its platform. But I think. Uh, 
I think a lot of people spend a lot of time building what they consider to be brand equity or I don't really know what they want to call it instead of looking at just like the very truthful basics of every transaction personally and professionally. Um, and the higher up you go, the more you realize that people know, you know, <laughs> they know how you got where you got to. And if you're kind of a smoke show or if you're actually the real deal. And, uh, and I think by right of the amount of information that we're bombarded with today, we can see BS in like two seconds flat, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, so a lot, there's a lot of people out there doing stuff and, and it, and it is a smoke show. And I think, um, I'm grateful that people can tell the difference pretty quickly. And so I think if, if someone's sitting there wondering why their brand's not working or why something's not taking off, I think, you know, the first thing to look at is how truthful is it and how truthful have you been in creating it? Mm -hmm. um, because every transaction is based on trust, every single one. And so if somebody is struggling like that, what would you say to them in terms of this, this concept here, this third tip? You know, I think you have to start where you are. I think um, I think it's easy now with this like third-party virtualism, you know, where you can go online and start a website and say you're somebody and you've done all these things or whatever it is. Um, you know, and, and the Googleability. Before I meet people, it's hilarious. You meet someone, oh yeah, I Googled you, and and so this whole there's this whole kind of like commentary around this self you can create, uh, right, virtually. Mm -hmm. Um, but then, like, meet me in the grocery store, you know? If yeah. that person met me in the grocery store, and so what, to answer your question, if it was you've created a business and a brand and something it's not taking, well, either you're not solving a problem. Like, I mean, that's the first thing. You have to solve someone's problem. That's how you, like, actually sell things. But, um, but, if, you're, but, it, but if you are solving a problem, then someone can see some, some line of there's a fissure of... of, of um, and I'm not even going to call it a lie, but it could just be a mistruth. It may not be in alignment with your brand. You know, if someone met your brand or your, your product or you in the grocery store on a Sunday, would they still get the same thing? Mm. And if they aren't, then you, you probably have to go back through, through um, that front-facing piece to your customer and see where is that not in alignment. Mm -hmm. um, because it's too hard with the speed that information travels now, frankly, no one's smart enough to lie that quickly. <laughs> no, you can't keep up with your own lie fast enough. And I see it happen all the time. You know, people who go online and start businesses, and um, you know, three months in, they're they're folded because just reviews are quick. People are truthful online. You know, they're people are really. I don't know. It's just it's an interesting time to be doing business, and I think. The most truthful and authentic businesses are the ones that will survive it. Yeah, I, I absolutely completely agree with that. And by the way, if you did see me at a grocery store on a Sunday, you would say, uh, no, Stephanie, you're not <laughs> chic at all. <laughs> well, but that's fine. The centered piece, right? I mean, I don't walk around in my work boots or like at concerts all the time, you know, but would they get you? You know, would oh, they yeah. the same person. Absolutely, yes. And, and that's the part, right? Um, I, I mean, that's the part I think that that counts, um, and that has longevity. You know, you may get you may get a good run, a good two year run out of something that's false, and then you have to recreate. You know, mm -hmm. um, but your legacy—that's the other piece that's interesting—is the legacy with with online now. Is I can see what you did ten years ago, mm. 
you know, how long have you been at this thing? How long, what, 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 you know, what's your trajectory and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's really, that's holding us to task a bit, which I think is good. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think that's, I think that's a really great point and definitely an eye opener, hopefully for our, our community. So we always like to ask our guests too, to give us a book recommendation, a book that you think that our entrepreneurs would really find impactful for their, for their business. And what, re- what book would you recommend to us? Okay, so I have three books. Well, I probably have four, but okay, so The Art of Possibility, um, which is right here. Give me one second and I'll get the author. The second one. Um, the second one is The Startup Owner's Manual, and that's by a guy named Bob Dorf, and it was co written by um, Steve Blank, I believe. It's a great book for, for if you're interested in starting something up. The Art of Possibility is written by Benjamin Zander and Rosamund Stone Zander. And it's just a, it's an interesting way of looking at how we frame success. And it's been tremendously helpful for me. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, and then Danielle Laporte's um, Desire Map, I think is a fabulous book. I, I think she's amazing. I think the work she does does is great and and that's based around the fundamental principle that we're all driving after emotions mm-hmm. you know so um so that's interesting and th- and then i have to say the other thing is drive uh and it's by daniel pink mm-hmm. and i i think it's a great book i mean i don't know how many i have pink stickies in here i've got like 20 plus easily um it's just again it's a, it's another good one when you're taking a minute to go what is it that i'm doing and how is it that i'm doing it yeah um, it's it's a good refocusing point. Great. So I know you asked for one, but I deliver four times the value. That's okay. <laughs> That's good. So we always like to end our, our podcast by asking our guests to give our entrepreneurs a challenge, something that they can do today that will make a difference in their business. What is your challenge for our community today? Okay, this is kind of a heavy-duty one. This is a bit morbid, but I I will frame it. So I, I had cancer, and so... After my experience with cancer, um, I, I it really changed my life absolutely, and and I like to challenge people to write themselves a eulogy today, like as if you today you unfortunately got hit by a bus. What is it that people would eulogize about you? What you know? What would it say? You know, Kelsey was this and did this and that kind of thing. And then and then I and then I challenge you to write the eulogy that you would want read, mm. um, because oftentimes they're different. Like if you died at your good rightful age of 90, what does that eulogy look like and, and what does it say? And then and the challenge is to go out and change your eulogy. You know, go out and live in the way that you want to be remembered um, and making the impacts that you want to have go beyond your own life and show up everywhere as that person that you want to be remembered by, even at the grocery store or whatever, you know. Make, make every decision in support of that life that you want to have lived and then just don't apologize just go out and do that um, because if you get if you have the tremendous opportunity of staring death in the face and living through it um, you recognize that it is that it's all those cliche things right it's short yeah and um, and it's totally within our own capacity to just go ahead and make those choices but you know I think um, sometimes fear gets the better of us or any number of things. But I think the eulogy exercise is a really telling one. And it, it's a good reminder of the, of the places where we're not showing up and where we can. Right. So. Wow, that is pretty heavy. Sorry. I'm, yeah. But it's good. It's really good. 
<laughs> I love to yell, hell yeah. I also like to get a little deep. <laughs> well, I look forward to hearing uh, how our community takes this challenge for sure. Yeah, me you. too. So, well, thank you, Kelsey. That was really fun. And congratulations on all of your success and beating cancer and, um, you know, your little ones and everything. It was really fun talking to you. And I hope to have you on again. Awesome. Love to come back. Thanks, Thanks. Kelsey. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Top 3 Podcast. If you're looking to start a business, come on over to chic-ceo.com to get all of the information you need to get moving. If you're looking to grow your existing business, you aren't quite ready for a business coach, but you know you need some higher level business strategy, the Chic Elite program is a perfect fit. So head on over to chic-ceo.com to check out all the resources and for the show notes to today's episode.